Hi, this is Barney. Welcome to Loco Ludus. This episode is going to be another update about the Alluvial Plains setting project that I'm working on with Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands and David Sermon. I've been half sitting on this episode for a while and I wasn't sure if uh, an episode on the dice pool that the system uses, the vantage system that the alluvial plane setting uses would come out first. So there are these, there have been these, these two episodes that are a little bit half, half, half completed. And this one has won the race because I've come up to the Kraken convention to playtest the game and so before before I comment on how that playtest has gone I wanted to get this one out and catch up with myself a little bit so it's up in North Germany Um, I've just seen some big wind turbines I've seen lots of little mushroom or toadstool uh, uh, growths, rings, I don't know, what are they? Um, And I just trod through a whole load of pears. It's a little church with a rectangular wood and red brick tower. Anyway, so it's very nice. It's very small. It's especially small this year, the Kraken Convention. Very nice. The people are very nice. And it's very nice to be here. So, this this episode picks up uh, on a few things. I've got some, some calls, some comments, and some other little updates. So... I think I'd like to start with Joe Richter of the Hindsightless podcast. Barney, dude, I love, love prehistory. If you've listened to enough of my episodes, you know that I base the, you know, the common standard caveman theory of ancient history. It's based on shoddy science and lazy thinking. And I'm so goddamn pumped that you and Spencer and some dude that I don't know, but I'm sure is cool because he's hanging out with two cool dudes, are making a prehistoric setting. I love it. Your elevator pitch. It wasn't so much as an elevator pitch, though. I need you to sell it to me, Barney. I need you to tell me why I should play Alluvial Plains. Give it to me, man. I need it. Thank you, Joe, for that positive endorsement, that enthusiastic endorsement. So, Joe wants us to sell him Alluvial Plains. Now, of course, the, the elevator pitch that Joe is talking about was for the Vantage system, which is, if you like, that is the generic 
system that underpins the the alluvial plains game so there there isn't uh, there isn't yet uh, a pitch for alluvial plains now in response to joe's request we're in the process of working on that we're not afraid of making any pitch i am hoping this episode this forthcoming episode where we sell alluvial plains will be good fun joe's already contributed a little something to that maybe we can get him to contribute a little bit more so that's that's also in the pipeline where myself and spencer and dave really flag up in concise ways the different things that appeal to us about the project and 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 why anyone would want to play the game so thank you joe um joe has a little bit more to say and what he has to say picks up on the the dice-based exploration I did of ICRPG's Blood and Snow prehistoric game book. I am so glad you stuck with the cave bear, because that is, that's exactly what you came into. And so it makes perfect sense that you would stick with it, man. Uh, <laughs> this has been a joy to listen to. But, like, I, I am glad you stuck with the cave bear, because it's it's kind of odd that Hank threw a giant snake monster in there. Uh, I'm no snake expert, you know, but I don't know how many snakes, even giant ones, hang out in the ice. Thanks, Joe. Now, in the last update on Alluvial Plains, I talked about having played with Barry and Brandon and Shay and Seb and Seb very kindly shared some of his thoughts about the game which I'm going to play now Seb's thoughts are particularly interesting or valuable I should say valuable to me because he's he's a relatively new person to role play games and so I think that's that's an important thing as a game designer to consider now he raises a couple of interesting things which in a way I disagree with but I certainly take his point I, 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 I take what he's talking about uh, seriously and and I'll talk about that again afterwards. Morning, Bonnie. Um, sorry it took so long. Yeah, the game is wicked. Um, I particularly like the whole kind of... I like the prehistoric thing. I like the... Uh, <laughs> especially all of the kind of spiritual stuff that could be that could be supernatural but could also just be sort of nothing. Um, in terms of the gameplay I don't really know I 
I found I didn't find the dice particularly intuitive, but then I'm a, a dice noob, so that doesn't really have to mean anything. Um, one thing I did notice that is that the there's a slight danger, in particular with the players, in terms of not having enough knowledge about you know prehistoric civilizations, that it threatens to collapse into a kind of gen generic Yoldi thing which would be a shame because I think one thing that is kind of cool about it is that specific flavour. So maybe a bit more, I don't know, saber-toothed tigers and clubs and I don't really know. Um, but I thought maybe, I don't know if there's ways to, to bring out more of the kind of prehistoric thing. Um, and... Oh, there was one other thing. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, that was my main thing, that it's sort of the, the prehistory bit seemed to get lost slightly. Um, and in terms of the gameplay, I don't really have any kind of um, points of comparison. Um, but yeah, love the whole supernatural. Um, can chat as well, if you like. Um, I'm a bit busy this week, but maybe next week. Hope you're doing well. Lots of love to everyone. Take care. Thank you, Seb. So it's great that he enjoys the ambiguous nature of the, the magic in the world. That's great. So, Seb says that he doesn't find the dice very intuitive. Um, now... I disagree with that, but it shows that some familiarity with with dice is probably necessary. And the point that I take seriously there is that whilst I may feel that they're intuitive and other players might feel that they're intuitive too, uh, some people might not. So that's a very valuable point there. The second point about bringing in more prehistory, that is also a very serious or significant point. Because, as he says, we mustn't lose sight of that. in playing the game but and this is the this is the big but here in us as Joe pointed to in his message at the beginning our perceptions of prehistory are sometimes very off and almost week by week more and more things are being found about found out or speculated about, about our past, our ancient past, which changes this view of cave people and saber-toothed tigers and all of that kind of thing. So part of the whole point of the game is to get away from the cave people perception and try and explore more and a more ambitious 
past for humanity. That, fundamentally, is perhaps more than even plausible and is in fact likely because the game Alluvial Plains takes place in those areas, those land masses that are now submerged underwater, the lost areas, the lost civilizations. So I totally take Seb's point that we need to keep that sense of prehistory active and not tip into oldy-worldy. But at the same time, not to... not to... if you like, misrepresent the archaic past simply to offer some off-the-shelf stereotypes of that time. Next up is Carl Rodriguez. Hi, Barney. First-time listener, first-time caller. I'm glad I found your podcast. Um, I'm actually now excited if I get to play test this kind of cool prehistoric game, our um, role-playing game that you're developing called Alluvial Plains. It sounds fascinating. I think you hooked me already, um, not just with the colored dice, but with the development of the tribe. Um, that's kind of neat and a, a cool concept to kind of really get the players um, invested uh, in their world and in their surroundings. Um, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if Warm does that, but I'm not quite sure. I'll have to go look and, and do that. But I think it's a it's a it's a great idea for for any game, um, and even I mean, man, and if you could do that in a D and D game to have the characters uh, develop their own village um, or township or city. Thank you ever so much, Carl. Now, fortunately, Carl has now had the chance to start playtesting Alluvial Plains. Last week, I ran a game with Carl and Liren and Jeff and Andy. Andy of Grizzly Peaks, who has got some things to say, which I've decided to put in the, the episode on the dice pool because he speaks more to that than to the prehistoric setting. So that is coming up. That was a really enjoyable game, and I'm very pleased to say that the decision, everyone decided that they wanted to not finish the adventure where we did, and to go back to it uh, with another session or so. So uh, more on that group soon I hope just to say very briefly that was that was a first run through of the game that I'm running here at Kraken so that was really really essential I've said it before on the podcast but I really do think that having a having having a kind of very first scenario playtest is is really really useful you kind of you know you really need a group of people who are willing to to have 
to be the first people to have a go at a scenario because the the things that come up by doing that basically can only bode well for the subsequent uh, the subsequent games that you have using that scenario. So Carl's point there about the tribes, that's really nice. Um, I'm glad he likes that. There's going to be some more about that coming in a minute when I talk about my school group. Um, but another design observation. After the game last weekend, I was talking to Liren and Jeff. And Liren said uh, that she felt like she wanted to know more about the tribe th that they belonged to. And I realised something, and this is the this is maybe me, but this is a little design tip. I've created the, I've I've yeah I've I've got some tribe creation rules, uh, which I've talked about, and that, like I say, that'll come up again. But because the scenario was already located. I decided that I wouldn't use any of that. So with the school group, as, as you'll hear again, I've gone through this tribe creation process with them. But for the scenario, I, I basically put all of that to one side. And so the mistake there was that I didn't need to get rid of all of it. Some aspects of it needed to be shelved because we already have a location for the tribe. But other aspects can be generated by the players around the table to bring them more into the world. So I was kind of thinking it was an either-or situation. And I think, actually, there's something in between. So thanks to Liren for that. And... I look forward to uh, doing some more of that with Carl too. So I'd like to finish off with a few thoughts about the school gaming group, which I recorded nearly two weeks ago. So, a little bit of an Alluvial Plains school group update. Uh, I'm just walking home right now, having called in at my local gaming group on a Monday, which is often quite hard to do. So I just played the Cartographer, uh, which is some kind of spin-off game from Role Player. If anyone's come across that, it was good. It was nice, good fun. So I called in there, having... Uh, having had a slightly overlong Monday night school group for the Alluvial Plains role play. I'm huffing and puffing now, walking up this little hill which takes me past the local Roman remains. 
near my house. Please forgive me. So, now I'm on the flat. Here we go. So, with the school group, uh, we started two weeks ago, had to cancel last week, and one player was unable to take part tonight, but another joined us, and... We had this, yeah, they, they'd started with the tribe, with, with, with rolling up the tribe and rolling up their characters. So they'd gone away and thought about their characters and their tribes, which is great. You know, they've, they've taken a little bit of time to invest into the game. Uh, the one guy who couldn't be there he gave us, he sent us a message with uh, some of his thoughts for the tribe based on the, the rolled outcomes that we had come up with originally. So interpreting the, the schematic outline of the tribe. And so we've come up with a quite isolated small tribe on a little island. The tribe is mostly made up of adults. On the first session, the players rolled one elder and three youths. It's quite exceptional. The new player tonight rolled an adult so more representative of the group as a whole. Uh, so these, these ideas that came from the absent player, which fitted in with what we had rolled for the tribe, were, were basically adopted by us all, and we developed that a little bit more. They have seafaring capabilities. They Because they're quite highly spiritual and minimally scientific this tribe might well be some kind of cult that uh, some some elders got some younger people to travel over there the elders are now dying out and for some reason there's a low number of children of youths um we didn't want to get going with the adventure with one of the group being absent. wanted to really do all of that together. So, what we did was we, 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 we gave some kind of overview to the new player. Indications of the, the different characters. We talked about the tribe. And then... He created his character, um, and we, you know, were in relation to the group. And then, at the end, uh, we, 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 I suppose, did some kind of, you might call it a test drive of the system. And they, 
one of the characters decided that they wanted to go uh, hunting for the the large rabbit type creatures that live on the island. Uh, there was some help crafting um, a, 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 a nice arrow with some cord attached to it. But they went up to where the rabbit has been seen. These All these rabbits have been seen. And whilst the, the hunter, the main hunter, was really sneaked in really quietly, the the one of the other the new the new player their character just made a huge racket and rolled an outright fail the consequence of this then uh was that a lynx had been waiting to pounce on the rabbits themselves and this big old noise which scared off the rabbits uh, uh, angered the lynx if you like so this lynx then leapt out and attacked these two hunters um, a third character had kind of been following them quietly sneakily and had wandered off but then when they heard the racket came back now this lynx did cause a fair bit of damage. You know, did injure the these two characters quite a lot, but then this third character coming back uh, was 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 you know saved the day if you like. But the hunter character decided that they would try and tame the lynx. And this worked. So we ended the session with uh, one of the characters having tamed this lynx and is now going they're going to go back to the tribe with with that um, to put it really simply they really enjoy it they're really enjoying it and that is of course partly uh because of, if you like, introducing them to role-play games or taking the time to continue playing role-play games with them, playing the game in English, I think is also a part. But I think they do also like the system and they do like the setting. So... It's all there and it's all really nice. I've had a great session with them and it as I've you know I've said before, it really gives the opportunity to let these characters progress within the group conceptually, but then also using the system mechanically to allow them pro- to progress and to shape. Uh, and to to shape their characters in a really rounded way, so that the fruit of that is already starting to emerge, and yeah, it's 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 really great. It's a really nice setting, nice group, nice way to play test 
the, the, the system, the setting in general. So that's it for now. I'll come back soon and give you an update on how the playtest at Kraken's gone. I've had a really nice afternoon playing Hyper Tellurians with the game designer. And so it's a really nice weekend and I'm, I'm hopeful that tomorrow will go well too. All the best. Bye bye.